podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Disunomics podcast. As usual, a big massive shout out to those who listened to the episode 185, which is last week's one, on how Dubai got rich. So I look at United Arab Emirates as a whole, how their economy has changed over the years, how they went from like a lowly British economy to one of the most um, one of the most richest, most lux- luxurious countries in the world, why loads of people want to go there, why people invest in there all that good stuff so make sure you check that out um of course patreon make sure you subscribe to our patreon early in the week i dropped something free feed for all regarding lockdown and obviously now we're in a national lockdown what you can do what you can't do as it pertains to travel studying children seeing people exercise business social activities you name it worship funerals everything so make sure you check that out free to read for all so no problems there Speaking of Patreon, this week we saw absolute madness on happened January the 6th with regards to the insurrection of capital. So if you want to know what insurrection means and what Trump did to ignite this, has this been coming? Was there security issues? All the information you need will be on Patreon this week. Just need to edit it. And so visually and audio and via audio. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you subscribe to Patreon. That's Dysonomics on Patreon.com. Or you can just grab the app, which is probably the easiest way. Cool. This week, for the last two weeks, Bitcoin has been going through the roof. Everyone wants to know about Bitcoin. Everyone wants to make money, of course. But what is Bitcoin? What are What is cryptocurrency? Can I make money? Do you know what I mean? Is it, is it dangerous? Can it be insured? There's so many different questions that surround Bitcoin and everybody wants to know. And I think cryptocurrencies in general could be the great equalizer for our generation. So this on this week's pod, I'm joined by one of my closest friends, Ife. A, a, um, he works in finance. He has loads of great business side. Also a member of Touchdown Fracas. And he's been an investor for many years and he's quite keen on crypto. So he joined me in this episode as well as my guy, Jeff, um, blockchain, aka Blockchain Jeff. Me and Jeff, in fact, actually recorded the episode Dysnomic subscribers from day will know. I think it was episode thirty nine in December in December twenty seventeen. So literally f- over three years ago, talking about cryptocurrency and them times we'll talk about it. Uh, Bitcoin was seventeen thousand dollars and now it's forty thousand dollars. So he was a former trader. Now he's part. Uh, he's involved with Kuda Ventures, a very interesting platform. He's he works in marketing for them. So he discusses that and a potential investment opportunity with that, as well as he gives us his extensive knowledge on cryptocurrency on this week's podcast. So we speak on CUDA, of course, we speak on Bitcoin, we speak on Ethereum, we speak on Ripple, we speak on regulation, we speak on what impacts the price of Bitcoin, where we potentially see Bitcoin going, um, the technology behind Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and how it differs. And yeah, we answer a bag of your questions. So this episode is very important. Any question you had about cryptocurrency, I'm 99% sure sure was answered in this podcast. And all relevant information we speak about in this podcast, any links that you need will be in the description below. So yeah, this week's podcast, we're talking cryptocurrency again. 
Let's go. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dysonomics. I'm joined by a very special guest or two, shall I say, Blockchain Jeff and Mr. Mees, aka Ife. What's good, boys? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> What's happening? So first I'll ask my wonderful guests how they got into Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general. So first, Meads, how did you get into cryptos? Um, well, I guess I'd, I'd say I'm a, a crypto investor, mainly in the, the staple crypto, cryptocurrencies such as um, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, I did have some Ripple, unfortunately. Um still illumined and not kind. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this topic because um, I do think that is the future. Um, I guess we've spoken about blockchain a number of times over the years, even had a podcast, done a podcast on it as well. Um, so it's good to revisit this because it is now, I guess, the, I guess the, the topic has become a bit more popular over the recent gains over Bitcoin the last couple of months or weeks. Of course, you could check out my guy Meads on Chassis Hour podcast part of Touchline Fracas Media Group, so make sure you check those podcasts out. My guy, Blockchain Jeff. Hey. How did you get into cryptocurrencies? What was your journey? Um, for a living, I work in, well, I work in marketing for a cryptocurrency company, a blockchain company. I've been working in blockchain for the past four years, I'd say. Um, as you guys know, I was, I was, um, I'd previously been on this on this uh, podcast speaking about cryptocurrency. At the moment, I'm working with a company called Kudos, who are creating a blockchain solution that will allow you to essentially rent out your excess computing space in return for crypto. But I'll, I'll go into more detail about that um, later, I guess. So, Jeff, I looked up when we did our last pod, which was my 39th episode, and this is, in fact... Uh, the 186th okay. so a lot of podcasts since then that was what back in december 2017 ish wow and yeah <laughs> things were very very different like obviously we've been talking yeah. about doing a podcast in 2018 and 2019 we never did it yeah. never did it in 2020 either but we finally have come back to it but yeah it was very interesting because we were talking about bitcoin hitting seventeen thousand dollars <laughs> per coin <laughs> now fast forward January 2021 and Bitcoin has already hit $40,000 so it's crazy that obviously the coins that we had then have more than doubled in value in that period of time in just in just over three years and we're talking about Ethereum which has gone up which Ethereum was like what I think you'll talk about how you got in at maybe £60 or something I think I got in like two bills per coin and now it's one over $1,000 per coin and even how gassed I was for XRP. Oh my God, I was so gassed for Ripple. And we're talking about Ripple and Stella and <laughs> Ripple's in a mud right now. So it's proper, proper interesting to see how things pan out over time. Like it's crazy. But um, obviously we're talking cryptocurrencies today and you won't be just a without definitions, letting the people know what we're talking about, what they actually mean giving the streets the information that they need. So what is a cryptocurrency? A cryptocurrency is a digital currency in which transactions are verified and records are maintained by a decentralized system using cryptography. This is different from banks for everything centralized in a bank, all your money will be in one place in a bank. Whereas with cryptography is very, very different, which makes it a lot harder to hack unless you have the ability to hack a million different computers. And right now there's no technology to do so. 
So boys, how did you get into investing in cryptocurrency? Right. So um, my first experience of um, Bitcoin, funny enough, um, so I guess cryptocurrency, was in 2009 or so. I think a block, well, Bitcoin came out in July, I think, 2009. So I went to uni in September. So a lot of my friends around me um, were involving themselves in some illegal activities. Um, so when it came to like, and I'm not going to, you know, get myself in trouble here, but yeah, when it comes to, um, I guess, buying certain things, they bought things with, uh, with sorry about that. So they bought, um, they bought these um, items with um, cryptocurrency. So with Bitcoin. Um, so at that time, Bitcoin was worth probably about 10 P um, per coin or so. Maybe, maybe even less. Um, so at that time, we probably just didn't really know the, the real value of the technology. We just used it as a means of exchange. Um, so that was my first experience with it. And it wasn't until 2014-15 where the price completely changed. This was after I graduated. So price completely changed and you start to realize, well, oh, hold on, this actually might hold value. But even then, I didn't really have a real understanding of it. So again, fast forward another two years, um, 2016, that's when I started to really delve, like, like engulf myself around cryptology and just generally trying to get an understanding over Bitcoin. But again, it, there was so much. And I guess maybe my mind wasn't as essentially open to um, consuming that level of information and understanding of it. So again, I waited another year. So 2017, the beginning of 2017 is when I first started to really invest um heavily into um blockchain technology um and yeah that's where it really started and i've hold i've held my positions even through the you know the the ups and the the eventual crash in 2017 um i've, I've held my position since i've not really sold anything i didn't panic sell i just accepted that look when i made these investments i made it not just on a whim but just on a genuine belief that these will hold value. This will have value in the future or true value in the future. So I, I just kept it. I didn't panic. Um, so that's really been my uh, experience on my journey with, I guess, like a summary um, of my experience with crypto. Um, it's, it's been a weird one. It's been a funny one. But yeah, I didn't want to incriminate myself initially. Um, so I got into cryptocurrency. Um, so at the time I was running my own business um it was traderstation.com it gave out free information on how to trade and, and and things like that and i used to just you know do blogs and, and release information to people and as i was doing my, my research into just currency trading and things like that i stumbled across bitcoin and um it seemed like as soon as i learned what blockchain technology was my mind was blown i just became obsessed with it from that point onwards um this was back in 2016. And then from then we had the, the whole boom and um, there was, everybody wanted information about um, cryptocurrencies because they wanted to know what this thing was, you know? And so I was, um, at a time I was working on, you know, the blockchain bandits, getting that set up. I also had a website called clevertrader.com, which gave out information for that for crypto, about crypto as well. And I, of course, became a crypto investor myself and just very, 
very interested in the technology and the community and everything about it. It was just brand new and fresh. Um, and also I looked at crypto as, so right now our generation, I guess we're all millennials. Um, our generation doesn't have that, well, until crypto didn't have that ground level investment that we could get in on before other generations had jumped on it. So like right now, currently in the UK, mainly London, you know, homeowners are mostly older people because back in their day, it was a lot easier to get into on the, on the investment, on the property ladder. And same with like massive tech businesses that we have now, like Apple, you know, if you got into Apple back in the nineties or something, then you'd be laughing right now. Um, and that's kind of how I saw it because I see this being the next step in the evolution of the internet. I see this going beyond just, um, you know, transactions. Uh, this is way more than that. Um, and so, yeah, since then I've been obsessed with it, I've been working, I've worked for various blockchain companies. And on, along the way, I've learned so much. Um, right now I'm working with Kudos and they're working on something amazing. Um, it will basically, as I mentioned before, allow people to rent out their excess computing power to a network and also borrow computing power from this network. So instead of um, relying on a server farm or a massive server house or, or you know, just one singular server, um, you'll have a whole network, much like you know, Bitcoin is set up as a network for a ledger. This is a network for computing power and as we scale as a technological workforce or you know as technology scales the demand for computing power is going to become it's going to get crazy like right now um you know we've we've have covid and a lot a large part of the covid the fight against covid is using ai technology machine learning and running lots and lots of data and all this takes computational power and if you're running a massive, um, you know, important, a huge project, the last thing you want is for your server to go down. But if your server is literally the entire world supply of computers, which is the target, then you don't have to worry about that, you know. And at the same time, you get your computational power at a lower cost. And so this is just a small part of what you can do with this type of technology. And this is what I'm kudos is, is working on at the moment um so yeah i'm very excited about you know the prospect of the technology and of course attached to the technology you have the tokens the coins and they have and well, a lot of the time they have an intrinsic utility on these platforms in these systems they allow you to um to use them and so the success of the technology and expansion of the technology will reflect well, or you'd hope so anyway, um, who knows, but will reflect well on the price of the token. Essentially, that's what, um, that's what you'll find a lot of speculators will believe, but it's not necessarily always the case. You always have to take you know, care to um, when you're making these sorts of investments and things like that. But when it comes to kudos, the, um, the, the token attached to it is just for the utility of, um, of the network and will allow people to, you know, get access to, to computational power. And 
if we look at you know the entire crypto space since last time we spoke, it has changed a lot, um, and not just in terms of price, in terms of technology. So back then, a huge problem that we were always talking about was, okay, um, yeah, we've got this ledger, it's decentralized, but it's still not there. Still, the transactions aren't fast enough. You know, it doesn't hold that much traffic. Um, and now what you're getting is a lot of people have developed what we call layer two networks, which sit on top of the Bitcoin network and allow it to basically. So instead of having, you know, say you have a million transactions going through the Bitcoin network. Yeah. And that's causing it to slow down a lot. And so people having to wait ages for their money to be transferred. Um, now you have another layer which takes some of that workload off of the main network and just um, and basically crunches it into a smaller package and then returns it to the ledger. So everything goes always goes back to the main ledger, but it's just in smaller packages and less of a workload, allowing it to be faster. And because of these things, more there's much more interest in, in um, cryptocurrency. People are really feeling like, yeah, this this is you know, this could work. This is what, where the future has taken us. And, you know, we're starting to see companies like PayPal, I think at the beginning of this year have included Bitcoin in, and Ethereum into their, um, onto their platform. So you can use crypto on, on PayPal now and you're going to start to see more and more of it. We, we heard about Facebook talking about crypto. Um, governments are talking about creating their own crypto. You can go on the Bank of England's um, website right now and they have documents and documents about creating a digital a pound, you know, and a digital euro and these things, are, they're, they're all talking about it because this is, I mean, we live, we're living in some sort of, when you think about it sometimes, I always think it's kind of like a sci-fi film. We're living in this very, very connected world, even though it doesn't feel like it. You know, things like our phones have become part of our everyday life. And to facilitate this sort of um, expansion, things are going to have to change. You know, you can't just keep an analog technology in the digital world. Things have to evolve with the digital world. And I think that's where we're going now. And that's why we're starting to see more and more of a boom. Of course, there's other, you know, economic factors like recently because of what's been going on in America, you know, the, the price of the pound, I mean, the price of the dollar has dropped quite dramatically. And a lot of investors are looking for safe places to put their money because you, you don't want to keep your, your value, your money in, in US dollars because it's losing value and so you're losing money. So they're looking for, for, for other places where they feel is more secure or less um, impacted by inflation and, and things like that. And some speculators believe that this is why a lot of money flooded into crypto now. And usually what you would see in, tradi in traditional like finance, you'll see people flooding their money into things like gold and, and, and metals and, and things like that because they're finite. And that is very similar to Bitcoin because there's only ever going to be a fixed amount of Bitcoin. And so that's why people look at it as some sort of inflation proof um, asset. Um, but yeah, I went on for quite a bit. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> So Jeff, you mentioned Kudo, which sounds very, very interesting. I have now got a question for you. So you spoke on the great work Kudo is doing in terms of how they want to kind of use spare computing capacity to be um, to create like a network of additional computing capacity so for the everyday person people who are new into cryptos 
or people like myself and me who already invested, me is definitely more heavy than me. Is there scope for us to get involved and potentially have investment opportunities, or is this just strictly for the for the tech heads? Like, talk to us. Like, can we eat? Um, so this will be something that everyone can use eventually. So you'll be able to set up your computer or your device, any device with like computational power onto the platform and just let it run almost like mining, but not really because it won't take that much of a toll on your, um, on your computer. Um, and it will be doing all sorts of different workloads instead of just trying to find out a certain figure to, you know, to record a block or something like that. Um, you'll be basically renting out your your computational space to massive projects like, say you're doing video game rendering that uses a lot of computational power. Instead of them having to go to like a traditional cloud server or something like that, they can just plug into this network and pay um, some tokens for this computational power and have a network spread across the world that they, that isn't centralized. Um, and so there's no central point of failure. So as for everyday people, you'll be able to plug your computer in and earn tokens in return. Um, or if you wanted, like say you're a freelance, um, I don't know, animator or video game developer, and you don't, you can't afford a server or a massive server room to, to run all these massive jobs that you've got you can plug your device into this um, network and borrow computational power from it. Okay, that actually sounds mad exciting. I'm going to put all the relevant links to Kudo and all the things Jeff is involved in the description of this podcast. So obviously most of you are here or listening, wherever you are, whether it be your homes, on the way to work, those key workers, in your car, wherever you may be, you're here to know about Bitcoin because of all the rises. Can you make money from it? We're going to get into all of that. But of course, it makes sense for us to actually talk about what the hell Bitcoin is. So Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency developed in 2009, as Meads mentioned earlier, um, due to the financial crash. And it was created by Satoshi Nakamoto. Nobody knows if this is a man or woman or collective of people. We don't know. This person is, is the name given to an unknown creator of this virtual currency. And it's said that this creator has 980,000 Bitcoins, which is worth, if they held every single one, it's worth $39 billion today. So bye, shout out to them. So yeah, so Satoshi Nakamoto created this in kind of response to the unrest of financial crisis. Um, transactions are recorded in a blockchain, which shows the transaction history of each unit and is used to prove ownership. Uh, Bitcoins, they are also mined, so which I'm gonna get me to and the boys to talk about that in a bit. There is a finite supply of cryptos, so it's quite similar to certain commodities where there's only a certain amount of it. It's not unlimited. Like for example, you can have unlimited dollars because they literally create banks create new dollars every day, and obviously you get central banks to just for gazy create currency. There's currently 21 million. Told there's a total of 21 million bitcoins and not all of them have been mined. I think 88% of them have been mined. And you don't you don't have to own an entire Bitcoin. You can own Satoshi, so that's a proportion of a Bitcoin as well. So those are things to look out for. Now I mentioned a couple seconds ago or a minute ago, mining. So to retrieve a Bitcoin, it has to be mined. 
So um, let me chuck this to Meads. What is mining? What does that mean? And how does mining work in this process? So give the listeners some gist because I know you're quite interested in investing into mining companies. I know that's been your bag. We've spoken offline about that. So yeah, give us an overview and Jeff, you could chime in as and when to what mining is and how that gets involved. So basically mining or Bitcoin mining is a means to hash out um, a Bitcoin through a number or multiple um, calculations in order to be rewarded with this prize, which is the Bitcoins. Um, so basically it requires a lot of computing power um, to solve complex com- um, calculations um, in order to that becomes a hash of Bitcoin. Um, so it's a, well, it's a very expensive process now. Um, it's before I probably say well, a long time ago, um, it, you could have just done it off your laptop um, at a point in time, but it takes so much computational power to do so now. It's actually become an industry in and amongst itself. Um, so there are many companies that are now even listed on the stock exchange, um, or London Stock Exchange, New York Stock Exchange, um, NASDAQ. They're all there um, because this is a, it's a multi-million and even billion-dollar industry. Um, so, yeah, I think Jeff could probably talk more about the technicals. Um, but I believe they, the, the complexity of these calculations change through um, after a number of years or a number of cycles. Um, and obviously, as it becomes more harder um, to, for these computers to calculate and hash this Bitcoin, it also steadies the level of supply that's being released or, or available. Um, so again, that kind of controls the price as well. So, so yeah, I'll let Jeff talk on the technicals. Um, yeah, no, so you're right. Like everything you said was um, was right. The the um, the difficulty for mining Bitcoin will increase in order to like steady the supply, uh, which should have a stabilizing effect or a sort of uh, a good effect on the economy of the of the Bitcoin price. But um, with mining now, uh, what we're starting to see is the, the process of mining that um, you just spoke about, if it's called proof of work. And that, like you said, it's very energy intensive. It's very cost intensive because you're just constantly just running calculations, running calculations and trying to run them as fast as possible so that you can earn, you know, solve that block and be rewarded um, in Bitcoin in return. But what we're starting to see now in the space is people are starting to move away from proof of work and move towards what we call um, proof of stake. And so the difference between proof of stake and proof of work is that you, instead of just running calculations, and that's what leads to um, you uh, uh, earning the uh, the reward, which would be in any coin, depending on what blockchain you're on, um, you will have to stake a certain amount of your um coin let's say it's bitcoin you'd have to stake it onto the network meaning that you it won't be in your possession anymore it'll be on the network and that will allow give give you more a higher likelihood of solving the next block so the more you've staked on the network the more likely you are to solve the next block and what this does is it solves the the environmental problem that comes along with um uh proof of work because it's very energy intensive and also the um, financial costs aren't the same. So instead of just burning money by just running it and then having to, you know, balance out how much you've 
spent in energy and how much you've returned in um in crypto you've got your stake there and what that means is that there's no way you're going to try anything dodgy on the on the on the network because if you do you lose all the funds you've staked you have more power the more you stake but the more you stake the less likely you are to abuse that power because you'll lose all, all of that so that that's how you keep people in check on the network um and yeah um you it's just yeah much more efficient and sometimes you on a certain uh, blockchain like can with kudos you be rewarded for staking so you earn something similar to interest in a way you just get these rewards you have to stake them out and um perhaps maybe you'll get 30% of your um, staked amount in return once you, you know, completed your staking, um, your staking uh, schedule, the, the period of time you you were staking for. Um, so, so that is um, just something that we've moved, we're moving towards. Um, and even with mining, so the company with Kudos, um, they have a, a mining software called Kudo Miner. And when you look into the amount of work that they're doing there and what's happening there, you realize that this, especially in parts of the world like Asia, mining cryptocurrency is huge. Like they are, they are on it. There's, they have massive, like, and like you have someone who runs a, a, I don't know, internet cafe or something like that. And when their shop is off, like it's closed and no one's using it, they're not making any money, but now they can just, you, you know, use their computers plug their computers into, um, you know, the Kudos Miner software and in the future, the Kudos software and um, um, some tokens in return for, you know, their computational power and, and things like that. So there's just so much that um, even around mining that, you know, people are going to be able to get involved in because even like I mentioned with Kudos, borrowing people's computational power, miners use computational power. They would probably want to borrow some computational power from the network in order to get, a return if it works out for them in terms of like their costs and everything so uh yeah it's a very um it's a very like i don't know how what word i should use but moving into more of like a peer-to-peer -peer economy instead of just an a very centralized one where you can connect a can connect to b and provide that person with services without having the middleman and that's really the, the 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 key point of blockchain technology is removing the middleman and reducing costs that way. And in that way, making everybody much more independent and less reliant on central um, infrastructures and central um, companies or on, on what you have you. And um, you mentioned Ripple before as well. And I think last time we spoke about <laughs> we spoke about Ripple, I was I mentioned I wasn't like. I wasn't that big of a fan of um, of Ripple because they were very centralized. Um, it's a very centralized um, company, and even the cr the creator of Stellar um, used to be part of um, Ripple. He was actually one of the founders of Ripple, and he left because he wasn't happy with the way things were going there. And now we're seeing like a yep. fallout. You know, we're seeing a fallout. You have to be very careful um, with cryptocurrency when you when you're you know analyzing a project, and you know um, you always do your research. And yeah, with um, with Ripple, everything was very centralized, and they marketed it 
and told us that it was a security. And as soon as you have, you know, established that your token or coin is a security in, in, uh, as opposed to a utility, meaning that it is a investment vehicle as opposed to just something that has a use on a network. Yeah. Then you come under the scrutiny of, uh, regulators because they're like, okay, cool. This is an asset. Now we're going to treat you like a traditional asset. Have you gone through all the proper processes, you know, and you know, and th- that sort of thing. But, um, ripple hadn't done that, or it seems like they, they might may have violated some terms. And so now they're going through a, a court battle and that has had an adverse effect on their price. So, um, yeah, you have to be very, very careful um, um, when I'm um, looking into these sorts of projects and understand that um, this is a very young technology, but it has massive amounts of potential. Like we're not, we haven't even scratched the surface. This is still like the early days of the internet when people were, you know, when the internet first came out, people were like, why do you need the internet? Why do you need to, you know, connect to the world and email, just send them a letter like, well, well, I can't use the phone at the same time as be on the internet. Like, remember, dial-up internet was so slow, you know, it hadn't got to where it is now. But if you had, if you could see the future, if you had looked ahead and seen where this could take us and, and think of the direction, you know, um, society is going, look at us now, I mean, even in lockdown, we've become even more reliant on these digital services and and that's not going to change that's not going to disappear after after covid that's going to be remain here the world has become much more tied to technology and because of that you know i feel like that's part of why we're seeing this rush at this time um in the in the, in the crypto space everyone's coming towards it everyone's pumping money into it and the more money and money makes more money um so you know you've got people who may have invested in Ethereum. And uh, Ethereum's done really well. It was doing quite well at the moment. And <laughs> it's doing it's doing really well. I've got a yeah. yeah, go on, I'll let you finish. Oh yeah, I was just saying, um, a lot of people have invested in Ethereum, it's done well, and so and other coins, and so they're looking for other areas to, you know to invest in this space because they're going, oh, this, this has done me very well. Let me see if there's anything else I can jump on before it, it you know, it pops and explodes. Mm. And yeah, we're seeing that a lot now. Everybody's looking at these um, up and coming projects with like eyes wide open. Um, and that helps, you know, the more money in the, in the, in the space, the more development and the more development, that means the closer we are to worldwide sort of global adoption. Yeah. So, okay, so even with Ethereum, so I've got a funny story. So um, earlier this year, after, um, I guess, Corona was formally announced and lockdown was formally announced um, by Boris, I made a, an investment decision. In fact, I, I was quite concerned about the value of just money in general. So I thought, okay, what can I buy? What can I invest in to, um, I guess, well, kind of future-proof my money? Um, so I uh, obviously, what, as you do, like you said, gold. So I looked at gold and I looked at gold. And I also looked at my crypto. Um, I looked at Coinbase. I'm like, um, okay. Cause I think at this point, um, Ethereum was at 70 pounds or so, maybe, maybe even more, maybe about 70, 80 pounds. And I thought, okay, well, uh, I, I, 
because it had a massive crash and it hadn't fully recovered at this point, I think Bitcoin was still around $4,000. I just wasn't really, well, maybe convinced might be the wrong word, but I just thought I've already had my, I've got my investment of 2017. I'll just leave it. Let me just leave it. So I opted for gold and I spent like, yeah, I spent around, or I already had some gold bars before, um, but I bought another gold bar an ounce for um, £1,500. And I'm like, okay, perfect. You know, this, it may appreciate as well, considering the fact that everyone will be buying gold just to um, secure their um, their assets and the value of their, um, value of their currency, basically. So, yeah, bought the gold, and then, <laughs> then suddenly, it was a surge. So, um, <laughs> there was a surge in Ethereum, an absolute surge. So it went from 70 to 140 to 200 to 500. And now we're currently at, I think, 900 um, yeah. pounds. Just below 1,000. Yeah, just under 1,000. Um, and uh, obviously, if I, if I invested that money, I would have had around 15,000 pounds. So it just, it's brutal. It's brutal, but you know what I mean? I think... I guess that's more, from my perspective, I maybe not necessarily lost faith in the technology, but I just didn't want to sink more money into it after the massive crash that it had in 2017. But it, it is funny how our, our mindsets are now rewired and, re, I guess, reverting back to not just necessarily the buzz of cryptology and cryptocurrency in terms of making money, but also putting our minds and thinking ahead because like you rightfully said, the internet era, when it first um, when it first was like rolled out, people didn't even know how to say at, you know, as in terms of an email. So <laughs> WF, at, they didn't know. They couldn't think of what's going on. What is that? There's certain things that just the bare, bare, bare basics people didn't understand, people didn't know. And it, um, we all know what, you know, that the internet is essential in our lives right now. And there's many, including myself, have a, a solid belief that cryptocurrency is for sure the future so it's just like it's one of those things where you just have to i guess do your research do your due diligence um but more more importantly do your due diligence before you invest in anything but i say just on the core fundamentals have a read on blockchain technology and try and get a basic understanding of what it is and what it could potentially be and i think that may stoke your interest not only in the tech but also in investing in certain companies and currencies um for sure but yeah that i just want to give you a, a little rundown on my big l this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway okay so just to to give a quick recap remember we're talking bitcoin here so the total number of bitcoins is capped at 21 million when this number reach is reached there'll be no no there'll be no more mining activities no longer creation of bitcoins i think they currently the rate is at 900 a day um, the supply of Bitcoin reached 18.1 million in December 2019, uh, represent 86.2 percent of supply. Right now, it is currently at 88.56 million, which is about 88.6 percent of the total supply of Bitcoin, with like about 2.4 million Bitcoins left. So that's where we're at, and there's certain bits and pieces that impact the price. Of Bitcoin because obviously we're talking about investment here everybody wants to make the bag whether short term or long term 
loads of the questions that we're going to be answering later on are quite heavily predicated around investment. And of course, price makes such a big difference to investment. So what impacts the price of Bitcoin? Now, unlike traditional securities and assets, things like monetary policy, so that's interest rates and money supply, inflation rates, economic growth measurements, um, I mean, not economic growth, these are typical measurements that can influence the value of a currency. So all those, all those above things will impact the price of yen or naira or dollars or euros or pounds. However, these things, these um, um, factors, variables, do not really apply to Bitcoin at all. Of course, it's a decentralized um, currency. So what are the factors, the variables that impact the price of Bitcoin? The supply of Bitcoin, so we talk about the total amount of Bitcoins in circulation um, and the market demand for it. The cost of producing the Bitcoin through the mining process, of course. Uh, the rewards issue to Bitcoin miners by verifying transactions. The number of competing cryptocurrencies. So, for example, when me and Jeff recorded episode 39 in 2017, there was just over a thousand Bitcoins. Um, Bitcoin, sorry, of just over a thousand cryptocurrencies. As of now, there is over 2,000. So that number's doubled in three years. Um, the exchanges it's traded on and the regulations um, governing govern itself. So those are the type of things that impact the price of Bitcoin. So now, obviously, of course, we're on the investment of vibes. I think it will be an interesting um, change in discussion to talk about where we see Bitcoin potentially going, like remember I said before when me when me and when me and Jeff were talking about it, fam, it was seventeen bags. Now looking at a chart in front of me, we saw Bitcoin rise exponentially, bust ten thousand dollars in towards the end of um, November um, twenty seventeen, and then it dipped, then it spiked up again in August twenty nineteen, and it's been on a mad mad run since May of last year. So. If it, where do you see the price going with Bitcoin? What do you see for the future? And of course, remember, we're not financial advisors, though. So if you go broke, don't blame us. <laughs> um, well, obviously, just basic economics in terms of supply and demand impacts the price. But I think if you look at what's happened over the last, I'd say, three or four years, or no, last three years, um, so after the crash, um, I think the difference between the boom in 2017 uh, 2016, 2017, and the boom now is the fact that we're getting a lot of institutional buys now. Um, and there's also um, a level of high net worth individuals having a, a, a deeper understanding of not just the technology, but the potential in, the, in of the coins itself and the asset itself. Um, so just on the, on, the, on the basics where you've got governments now having an understanding and therefore being able to accurately regulate certain things or well, not regulate i mean regulate the asset class um per se it's still an unregulated asset um well an unregulated in nature but when it terms to like in terms of taxing it in terms of taxing you know your investment gains on your cryptocurrency you get what i'm trying to say so there's a just a deeper level of understanding now and a, i guess more um faith um in in the asset itself so now it's just completely changed the dynamics of whether because before, if you, if you look at 2017, 2016-17, a lot of these institutions were completely against it. A lot of these institutions were shorting against it. Um, so 
it's a completely different space right now. Um, so I think that's probably forwarded and moving on the price even further. And of course, you've got FOMO. You've got people that are worried about missing out on this potential mass, potentially massive opportunity. And I, I do believe, I do see it as um, an equalizer. You know where you've got the the baby boomers, they've had their internet age where they potentially made, well, a lot of people made millions of pounds or millions of dollars. Um, I think this is also an equalizer for the millennials where it's the potential to, well, for you to, I'm not going to say you're going to be a millionaire, but if you were an early adopter, it's very likely that you are a millionaire because you've got you have Bitcoin at maybe 10, 10 pence or 10, 10 cents. So I, I, I see this as um, really and truly, I see this as the great equalizer between generations. And I think every generation will have this one opportunity um, to kind of ascend themselves into a different stratosphere in which others wouldn't. Um, but generally, those people are the ones that adopt early, and this is still very, very early. At the end of the day, we 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 look at forty thousand dollars, and we're thinking, "Well, wow, that that's a lot of money," and it absolutely is. It absolutely is. But we need to still understand that this is still in its infancy. It's still only been eleven years since its creation, and just the, just the, the understanding that this is still something that we need to continuously learn about, but also understand that this is something that will still it it will um it, there, there's so much to it and there's so much potential left to it it's, it's not the end you know what i mean it's not the end everybody even if you were to ask someone in 2000 in in 2010 where you're buying um bitcoin for 50 pence they would have thought oh well last year i could have got it for 10 pence last year i could have got it for 5 pence is it too late you know what i'm trying to say so in your mind you're always thinking is it too late is it too late but in reality it really isn't. It depends on if you're if you're trying to trade Bitcoin. I I'm not a trader of Bitcoin, but if you're trying to trade Bitcoin, then obviously you're going to have for a, a deeper, more, well, a more um, vested interest in how often it moves or how more, how much it moves. But if you are an investor and a believer in the technology itself, you're not really going to be worrying about if it's dipping 10, 15% in a day or so. You're not thinking about that because you're thinking more long-term. I guess it all really depends on what you're trying to do when you get into the space. Are you looking at it for a, a means to get rich quick? Or are you looking at it as a means to a belief in the technology, belief in its future, belief in its um, store value in the future um, or, or not? And I think a lot more people now are coming on board to recognize the asset as itself and starting to recognize the value of it. Um, and that, in essence, is what's going to be pushing the price up. I know a lot of analysts have said that this potentially could be a $140,000 stock or, or asset um, per coin in, by the end of this year. Um, I'm not entirely sure if that's true or not, um, but it, it's got the potential to be. If you look at the, the, the acceleration of, of its um, valuation, it's very possible. If you if we continue on this trajectory, then it can very well um, get to that point. Um, but obviously, it's not going to go in a straight line. You are going to get some retracements. You are going to get some dips, of course. Um, but because we are in such a bullish market, I guess, within the crypto space, um, I think those those retracements will get eaten up very very quickly, and you just you get you bounce back to your 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 new bases basically. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's got the potential to to be a, a hundred thousand um, dollar um, asset 
it would put one per one coin. I, I definitely think it's got the potential. Um, whether it hits that this year or not, who knows? But it's um, it's an incredible bit of technology, an incredible bit of technology, and, and it's an incredible, like I said, incredible opportunity to be an equalizer for many people. Um, but yeah, that, that's just my stance. But. Okay, cheers, Meads. Okay, now Jeff, how about you? So, what's your thoughts on the price of Bitcoin and? where we see it going in the future of course remember this is not financial advice and what do you think has been attributed to latest uh first i got a kick off by saying like none of this is financial advice so yeah again everybody do your own research and like yeah come to your own conclusions but for me looking at the market and where it's been and and the difference between now and when we last did the podcast is that yes um, just like if I mentioned, there's a lot more institutional money in in the um, in the game in Bitcoin, and that is partly to do with the fact that um, you know different types of um, investment vehicles, such as like futures, and you know things that are just more traditional, were implemented into big Bitcoin, and that kind of legitimized it in the eyes of like traditional investors and things like that. On top of that, you know, the technologies, the, the, the layer two networks, which I mentioned earlier, are making it much more viable for um, use. And, and, and on top of that, as we've, um, as you mentioned, there, as, as time goes on, the, the amount of Bitcoin that are currently flowing will or circulating will reduce. And, you know, um, well, it will finish, it will end, mining will stop and there will be no more um, Bitcoins being created. And now you have a finite um, instrument and and just like anything, like in my spare time, I've got comic books here. Yeah. I've got rare comic books that I get slabbed and graded. And the only reason they have value is because of how limited they are in value. And, you know, as humans, as an economy, the way that we, we look at things is that when things are limited, we add extra value on top of it just because it's limited. Um, so there's that on top of it as well. And as I mentioned earlier, the, the dollar failing and people looking for safe havens, like even if I was doing that himself, he was looking for somewhere he could put his money because he, he didn't have faith in the current currencies we have now because of the, you know, the state of the economy. And, you know, it all comes back to where, um, why Bitcoin was created anyway, because the economy was doing so bad and um, Satoshi Nakamoto had lost faith in the banks and wanted something that we could use as you know human beings um, that isn't reliant on, on on these banks. But it's funny because you know not to get too political, but you know at the beginning of this, you'd have people who are working for the banks and stuff saying, "Oh, it's just scammers. It's being used by terrorists. It's this and that." And now they're investing very heavily in it. And you know some people might speculate that this was that was all just part of pushing the price down so they could get it at a cheaper price for themselves, um, but. I don't know. I'm not really a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but there's definitely potential in this. There's serious money flowing into the industry and the potential for growth in terms of technology is just the things, when you start to look into it, the things, the uses, the the reason for blockchain um, becomes much, much clearer. Yeah, I largely agree with the sentiments um, echoed by, by Jeff and Meads. Um, in terms of what I think, well, my ideology as it comes to crypto has, I've always liked the ideology behind a decentralized alternative in terms of currency and obviously interested in technology behind it. One of my main reasons for this is due to the fact that um, 
if you see how currencies are being manipulated by the big players and central banks and stuff, it has it can have adverse effects on us. We've seen how the adverse effects it's had on house prices and asset prices in general, and it's led to the rich getting richer and the gap between the wealthy and the not so wealthy growing exponentially. And that doesn't make sense, especially when these things are done in times of economic downturn. So I like the fact that um, we as a people, we have more power over currency and what have you, what have you, and whatnot. And also, like, we've seen situations, with very, very mad situations where certain people's savings accounts are getting haircuts. <laughs> and what a haircut is, for example, in Greece, when they have economic downturn, people who had over 8,000 euros, the Greek banks were trying to take like certain amount of their money because they were that much in the mud. And these are things that once you sign up for certain bank accounts, they're, they're putting your terms and conditions. We've seen it happen in Greece, you've seen it happen in Cyprus, happen in Venezuela, you've seen happen in Argentina, where they literally stop you taking money out of your bank, out of your account because of the money supply and economies in the mud. And this can happen anytime. And especially if we go into a cashless society, which we're heading towards now, think of Apple Pay, excuse me, Android Pay. We can even pay with our flipping smartwatches now like all that contactless stuff where in terms of how, how many times do you actually hold cash compared to before so many the, the number of um transactions going through digitally is growing and growing and growing so in this case why this is potentially damaging for us as people is that if all money is digital we are more at the mercy of the banks and what rules and regulations they play. And there's a thing called negative interest rates, for example. So with negative interest rates, that means, you know, interest rates, you gain money for being the bank out. If it's negative, that means you're effectively being charged for holding your money in that account. This won't happen with cryptos. Now, I've got loads of listeners questions. First, Tanisha, how do we make money? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? Yeah. There's so much, there are so many ways that you can make revenue from this industry. And part of it is even getting a job in this industry. Like for me, that's part of it. And a lot of these places will will pay you in crypto or partially in crypto or offer crypto, um, you know, things offer crypto to you in some sort of way, part of your pension, different different, um, payment schemes, you know, crypto on top of your salary. There's so many ways you can get involved. That's just one of them. You know, mining, as, as if I mentioned earlier, investing in, in crypto. Um, just take a look at it and, you know, maybe even building something on a blockchain or, you know, starting a business that's adjacent to um, to this industry. Like anytime there's a boom in industry, there's so many opportunities. Um, I can't tell you directly step by step how to make money, but... You know, there's there's so much, there's so much going on. Yeah. All right, I was gonna say, I'll add. Yeah, I'll add. Um. So, like, like just said, there's so many avenues in which you could make money from, I guess, this 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 crypto boom. Um. But how, it's like, just okay, just my basis of investment for a lot of a lot of the time is okay. If there's, say, for example, a booming industry. Right. So, for example, EV right now is a is a booming industry. So, electronic vehicles. I look at that. I probably would invest some of my money in the big players involving EV, such as the Teslas, the Neos, um, um, the um, Xpeng. But I then also then 
dive further and I think, okay, well, these guys are the manufacturers, the car manufacturers. What tech goes into these manufacturers? Batteries. So electric batteries. So, and then I go, who are suppliers of these batteries? And I go to the batteries. So I, and then I go to the supplier of the batteries. So again, it's a similar in blockchain. I look at Bitcoin. I look at, then I think, who, what is intrinsically tied to Bitcoin? In, so do you think Bitcoin mining companies? And then Bitcoin mining companies, their, their share value is intrinsically tied, for the most part anyway, to the A, the amount of Bitcoin they could produce, B, the value of Bitcoin. So once Bitcoin increases in value, then your your investment within the mining company generally would increase in value also. So I, that that's just one avenue, but there's plenty of others. Um, so again, like, even like Jeff said, when it comes to like a job, you might work for a, a cryptocurrency company. And again, it's that there's so many ways you can make money off of it um, because it's so diverse and so far reaching. Um, so I always say, always try and look at the potential impacts in which whatever blockchain technology or whatever blockchain asset you're looking at, um, how how far it stretches into an, an, an into an ecosystem. So again, me, my my remit, I generally will stay within mining because that's what interests me, you know. Um, the process within mining, how much they can hash out, um, what computer processing they can use, how much machines they have, you know, what are they trying to be? Are they trying to be the market leaders within it? Are they trying to stay relatively small but be more efficient? So that's where my mind is at, and that's where I potentially um, might, might or might or may or may not make money from, if you get what I'm trying to say. So there's, there's, the avenue is there. there there's so many um, different avenues in which you can explore. Cheers, boys, for those answers. Very detailed. Um, Tanisha, you better be listening. Um, just favorite and AOSO01 both ask pretty similar questions. What are the best resources to learn about crypto and Bitcoin as a whole and best resources to start investing? So what do you boys recommend in terms of where they can start off? Um, I'd definitely say YouTube's a good one. But if you want to get more in-depth stuff, there's a lot of really cheap um, courses on Udemy. You can um, go for some, go for like £5, some are like £20, and then some will be like £100, £200. Just depends on what you want. But sometimes the £5 ones will tell you the same things that the £100, £200 ones will. So it's just about um, looking into it, just look at the reviews and then things like that. Also, get involved in the like crypto um, currency communities because you will just, that's where you will learn everything. Like, you know, the, the nitty gritty, the way people respond to and react and how they analyze projects and what they look out for, what's good and what's not. All these can help you and give you a clearer picture of not only the direction of the, the crypto space or that given project, um, but also um, the direction of maybe even price sometimes, you know, because mm -hmm. you could go into a crypto community and they can be saying negative things about projects you were really, really um, excited about. And they're flagging up all these red flags. And they may not necessarily be right, but it gives you added data so you can make an informed decision, you know? So yeah. this is how you, um, you know, you get stuck in and, and, and learn from these things. And, you know, um, as things are starting to pick up and people are asking me like, um, you know, I'm going to have to, I think I'm going to have to bring back um, the blockchain bandits and the, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I agree. Um, for me, um, I started mainly with YouTube. So YouTube had, for me, one of the best sources of information about blockchain technology. And I feel like when it comes to reading stuff, um, I, I'm generally more of a 
I, I like to listen to things um, and then I just my, then make my decision from them. Um, but then after I listen to it, I then delve in. I don't. I'm not the type to read something and then think, okay, yeah, this is me locked in. I need to hear it. Then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do my own research from here. Um, so YouTube for me is pretty much essential um, if you want to just learn about certain things. Um, but that's for me personally. Also, in regards to Jeff's point about community, I completely agree. Um, I, I, me, I, 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 okay, so there's, there's positives and negatives, right? So the positives are you get a sense of community, you get a sense of um, belief um, and shared belief um, between yourselves and people that think like you and have a belief system like you in certain products and projects. That being said, you don't want it to become an eco chamber. So it's very important for you to um, join a community that's relatively balanced, but also um, you may not, you may even, I, I'd say, try and join a community that has opposing sides. So it's not all positives and you're, or, or all negatives. I think it's very important for you to, to get a balanced view in, in order for you to then make your own decisions um, because it's very easy to get swept in the belief. So for me personally, from my experience in Ripple, I got very, I very, I, I, and I'm a pretty rational person um, and very unemotional um, when it comes to investment decisions. Um, but I definitely got swept in um, with the the furore of it potentially being this next super crypto, um, when in actuality it, it wasn't even really a crypto at all. So, like I said, if I if I back then had uh, a more balanced view or balanced um, um, group, I was within. Um, so it's like Reddit, like the Reddit subscriptions and stuff. If I had um, a more balanced view from both the opposing and um, my side, then I think I'd probably be better equipped to make certain decisions. But whilst I was in the eco chamber, I had this unwavering belief that, you know, XRP is going to be this and that. So, yeah, I think it's very important to try and get um, balanced views and a ba balanced experience when it comes to joining these communities. Um, yeah, go on, Jeff. I, I was going to say, um, so for beginners, yeah, I think educating yourself is the, the first thing. Um, that's number one. Make sure you educate yourself on, on these things as much as you can. And um, yeah, some of the things we've already mentioned, like join or join a community. Um, and if you can't find a community, you create your own community. You know, sometimes some of the ways that I find helpful when to learn about these things is by teaching people about these things and then you kind of process the information more in your head and get a, a, a much firmer understanding on things yourself um but uh yes um just education education um that's that's i think that's the best advice i could give to be honest all right cool kareem's got two questions is your bitcoin insured like money in the bank so if it gets stolen can it be retrieved and he also asks do you think it will be the main form of currency in the future. Well, if your Bitcoin gets stolen, then it is what it is. There's no insurance for that firm. <laughs> uh, there, there, might, there, there might be companies out there that'll be willing to insure your your um, Bitcoin if you you know declare it as an asset. But you know, also you have to think about um, with all of this. You know, you have to think about tax. So you need to find if you're you know invest in large amounts you definitely need an accountant that knows what he's doing with um, crypto and things like that and um 
But in terms of do I think it's going to be the main way? No, I don't, because there's so many cryptos out there. This, they're all going to have their own purposes and uses. And um, I don't think Bitcoin will be the main one. I think Bitcoin it will always be the granddaddy because it was the first one and it will always have its place. And also it was finite as well. So it's going to become one of those. I, I feel like Bitcoin will become one of those old assets you know, like we have the way we look at gold, it's just that old thing. People might pass down Bitcoin to their kids and things like that. So, yeah. All right, cool. So Fora's got a question as well. How do I get started or where would be the best place to learn? So obviously the previous question we tackled, previous questions we've tackled where the best places to learn is. But in terms of st- um, where to start, that's a very good question. So we've we've been told, okay, where you could go read your books, you could jump on Reddit, all that good stuff. But okay, cool. How do I start in terms of now I want to try to make some money, whether it be short-term, long-term, whatever. How do I start this process? So how do I do that? Cool. So I'd say generally the most, well, where most people start is going on an exchange. So there's Binance and Coinbase. Coinbase is a slightly more basic um, exchange in comparison to, to Binance. So I feel like with most people who are beginners, I think Coinbase will be the best place to start. That being said, you pay high commissions um, or per transaction on Coinbase than you do on Binance. Um, so you'll get slightly less Bitcoin or, or, or Ethereum or whatever um, for your money. Um, but yeah, I, I think Coinbase is probably the best place to start. And I think you can utilize your, obviously your bank account, your, your credit debit cards um, to buy, to buy these cryptocurrencies. So I think that's probably the best place to start, of course. Um, and then obviously when it comes to actually picking the, the coins um, that you want to buy, Again, like we said before, research is imperative. Looking at these companies' white papers, looking at the people behind the projects, looking at um, you know, um, I guess the pipeline in in the next couple of years or or, or months, um, and that will kind of give you an indication as to where or the direction, or may give you an in, in, indication as to where it could potentially be. And obviously, you could, you'll be then you you will then be able to hold them accountable in terms of your investment. So you'll be thinking, okay, they said that. Well, they're going to do X Y Z. Um, within a set amount of months or years. When it comes to that point, they've still not done it, then you start asking questions and thinking to yourself, okay, well, are, are they actually going to do it? They might have valid reasons for their delays, valid um, explanations for, for why they've delayed certain things and part of their projects, um, but then you're able to make that informed decision. If you didn't know exactly what they were doing or what's in the pipeline, you won't be able to make an informed decision. It will be based on, I guess, price action. And I don't think that's the most um, wise thing to do. I think again, if you're just if you're just in it to just make a quick buck, um, then yeah, I guess price action is all you're interested in. But obviously, you need to really understand what is impacting or influencing the price. So I think yeah, that that's probably the best bit of advice I'd say. You just start off with Coinbase, and then once you get a bit more experience, then you start looking at Binance because um, Binance is more of a, um, a trading um, platform. Um, but then also. I definitely, I know these, these, these exchanges have their own digital wallets, but I definitely encourage you to, to get a, um, a ledger, so an offline, um, offline wallet um, where you can just keep it and store your, your cryptocurrency within it. Um, so there's the Ledger Nano S, which is a good, um, good wallet. I think it's about £99. I recommend people to get that. Um, but that's if you're holding, obviously for me, large, large values of um, cryptocurrency. 
Next question is from Ego Mechi. Is it worth it to buy low and sell high repeatedly or will I make more money leaving it in the long term? So hold all versus daily trading. What do you guys think? This is something that you kind of have to um, decide for yourself. And it all just depends on what you're looking at, your asset, your plan. It's a very personal thing, you know. Um, this is why I don't give out investment advice and, and things like that because it's I don't know what goals you have in terms of like for your finances and, and things like that. And I don't know what, you know, what it is with trading because I have experience in trading as well. It's very, it's very like emotional, mental, um, you need a lot of mental strength to, to trade properly. You know, it's very easy to, to give into FOMO and jump on something because the price is going up when in re- actuality prices is, is, you want price, you want to get in when the price is low. Um, like with anything and i saw this really silly advert the other day on like a tram stop or something like that and like it was like a billboard and um on the billboard it was like oh the price is um the price is going um high bitcoin price is higher than ever buy bitcoin now and i was just thinking what a crazy statement you know you would never (laughs) you never hear them say oh um xbox prices are higher than ever come and buy some Yeah. Like you, you like you want to get in at you know a, a good price. This is why things like patience and things like that. And if you're someone who's not very patient, then you may not be able to do the long term thing. But and maybe the short term stuff's better for you. But if you're someone who's very emotional, mm-hmm. doing the short term stuff can take a big toll on you. Trust me. When I yeah. first started trading, I started doing these short term trades. I was like, yes, I'm making money. But when you make that massive loss, especially when you're not managing your risk properly. Yeah. yeah, it can burn you a lot. So, <laughs> so I, I was going to say, so um, like, like I was saying before, if you're a short term or you're, you're a day, day trader, scalper, etc., um, it takes a lot of resolve to do it because nobody really and truly, you can't really have perfect timings. I mean, it's very rare that you execute a perfect trade or a perfect exit and entry. So uh, like, like Jeff said, I completely agree in regards to oh yeah it's going up you might as well buy it now or buy it now but even in those instances you wait for a dip like you wait for a dip you wait for a, a decent entry it may not be perfect you wait for a decent entry and exit me personally when it comes to actual ownership of these coins i'm not trading them i, I don't believe in trading these coins um simply because it, that's where you one you incur your taxes two it just because I have the belief, the out unwavering belief for its future potential, I don't see the point in making on the odd hundred pound, two hundred pound here and there um, on the trade. Then you deduct your commissions. I, I yeah, I I just don't believe in that. But if that's what you want to do, um, then that's what you want to do. Yeah, you just have to recognize that you will incur some big losses and big wins. I mean, it's it, it's just part of the nature of trading. Um, but when it comes to, I guess, accumulating wealth and income, generally, the longer you hold, the more likely you are to make more money. That's my personal opinion. Um, obviously, you can make lots of money in terms of short-term trades and short-term movements, but it just, it's a lot. It's very draining and very emotional. Um, so you just have to... <sighs> You, for me, when it comes to sometimes I day trade. There's some so some days I, I might day trade. I might do a little odd scalp here and there, um, with very short term um, swings, right? And I know that I have to like proper be mentally 
in tune with myself. So I might meditate prior just to get my mind clear because you can't operate optimally when your mind is not clear. So in in moments of trading, you need to have a clear mind. Otherwise, and I mean, clear mind, but have a, a, a real focus on the trading. Like you, ha- it needs to be clear. There needs to be clarity. Otherwise, you will make big losses because you make impulsive and irrational decisions. So yeah, that, there's a lot to it. There's a lot, a lot to it. And obviously, you've got your positives and negatives of trading, and your positive and negatives of a long term investment, but. That's all about your entries and exits, and ultimately, no one really times these things perfectly unless you're like you can see the future. So, it's just one of them ones. Where it's just mad. Right, calm. Uh, e Jones asks, "How slash if Bitcoin impacts other cryptos? Does a Bitcoin bubble also boost Ethereum, Ripple, Libra, etc?" Yes, quite simply. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like as we've seen, so. As I mentioned earlier, they um, kicked off Bitcoin futures a couple of years ago. And I feel like that was kind of a test to see how it goes. Now we're at a place where Bitcoin is at 40K. They've announced that they're going to do Ethereum futures. And what we may start to see is that they'll start to add more um, financial instruments on top of these um, assets or tokens um, in order for institutional investors who have like they're the ones who really drive the market to get involved because they have massive amounts of money you can't like you and i are never going to be able to shake the market with our buyers themselves but they can come in and make a massive buy or sell a a bunch and you know have an effect on the price and so those sorts of institutions flowing into crypto um can affect you know the wider crypto um space so people will look at Bitcoin as as a benchmark. People look at Bitcoin as a benchmark. I think that's just maybe it's just a natural human thing to look at. Oh, that did that, so this can do that too, you know. And it might end up being like a self fulfilling prophecy, which is what ends up happening a lot of the time with these sort of market cycles. We go, oh, this is supposed to be like this, and then it ends up being like that because everyone has that thought and invests and makes decisions based on that. Um, so that's just one of the ways that you know Bitcoin can impact and even just just the name of bitcoin the brand bitcoin you know just having it out there that name that people are becoming much more familiar with it attracts people to learn more about this um technology another question aaron araj asks opinions on avax i'm not very familiar i'm not familiar with that avax what was that sorry what did you say uh, yeah, I have no idea. Like I said, when I say that I stick to the, the staples, I really do mean it. I think all of my altcoin investments are from 2017. Some of these coins are literally dead ringers. They're done. They're finished. So so, <laughs> so I've just like, I've just like there's some of the, that money I'm never going to see again. But most, uh, most of my investments now are mainly um, the staple coins. So like Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, Litecoin, Stellar Lumens, Cardano. I think there might be one more. Those are my five. Those are my five. The next question is from Ian Hunt. Where would you recommend storing your Bitcoin? So, Mies, I think earlier in the pod you spoke about wallets. So, so I just um, so I me personally, um, I, I store mine on Nano S, which is a it's a hard wallet. Um, so I, I definitely recommend that. Um, of course, you can leave it on your these exchanges like Coinbase and um, Bitcoin. I'm oh, not sorry. Um, Coinbase and uh, um, 
Binance, sorry. But Binance have had some security issues in the past. I remember especially in 2018, they were getting hacked a lot. So at that when hackers can hack, um, you know, the, 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 these exchanges, they could potentially steal your Bitcoin. So, you know, so you have to be careful. So that's why I keep it on a hard wallet, just to be secure and extra secure. Um, but yeah, you can keep it on the exchange. You know, they all have their digital wallets and stuff. But it's just not for me, you know, especially when you're investing quite a bit of sum, like a lot of money. You don't want to really pull it in somewhere that can be hacked, and your hard wallet just can't really be hacked because it will be with you. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, you can have a variety of wallets, whether soft or hard. So a soft wallet, you can have it on a platform such as Coinbase or Bitstamp. And you can also download certain softwares to save your coins on your computer device. Whereas hard wallets, you can actually get a USB that kind of stores it offline. So think about it like soft wallets, you can be potentially hacked same way people get deets for their bank details, unfortunately. Whereas a hard wallet, think of it as like carrying cash to your pocket. So you can't get deets for your cash. Well you can get robbed similar way you could get robbed for your hard wallet but they have to know your password and those type of things there but forget that next question okay next question fresh bammy asks i make monthly investments into bitcoin ethereum smart lady is there something more i'm meant to do um that's totally up to you but um if you wanted to if you're looking to explore other things you need um i'd say yeah just maybe you want to look into other alts or maybe if you're yeah. interested in that yeah just jump into these communities learn about some other coins like i mentioned kudos um the company i'm working with at the moment they are what well, we are working on something i feel very like strongly about i can like even this morning i, w- I was sitting down i was thinking like the direction of the world the way that's going this project can really like proper have a proper foothold i mean think about a global computer it's basically turning the entire world into a uh, everyone's computer becomes almost like one able to borrow and share um and we're almost there i think the internet kind of pushed us to that kicked everything off okay now we're connected you know you can talk to someone who's somewhere else uh, communication was like the first thing that we were doing with it okay now what else are we doing with it what else can we share throughout this network safely you know, and that's a, that's a key point. The, the why it's called cryptocurrency is the cryptography part of it, and that's what keeps everything safe. Like, if you wanted to the Bitcoin network, it would take so much computing power that I think somewhere I read it would take the same amount of energy um, as um, it would to turn the Thames, like to evaporate the Thames, basically. And yeah, exactly. Um, so no one's doing that so it's just that's that's keeping everything very secure you know so, so, so even like, i guess for this question i think that the, the, the notion of should is very interesting to me um because that i don't think anyone should be telling you what you should or should do um with your own money um yes yeah, so and again this is not financial advice i just i don't believe in that i think put aside money for whatever so again this is these are no guarantees with most investments like any investment that there's potential to to make major losses so like i did in 2017 some of these things i'm just not going to get back and that's okay because i made that decision with it in mind so before you start asking i guess you need to ask yourself is this money that i can afford to lose is this money that i am okay yeah 
regardless of whether I pull it in or not, I don't need this. You have to adopt that mentality. Of course, not my, I'm not saying that money is, you know, it's, it's nothing, but you need to, when it comes to investments in general, it needs to be something with your mind thinking, okay, this could potentially be worth zero. So how would I feel about that being potentially zero? Me giving this 1,000 or 2,000 or however much it is, am I comfortable with that becoming zero? Or becoming 400 pounds or, or, or from 1,000 to 400 pounds? How comfortable am I with that? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you need to ask yourself that first um, and then of course doing your, your own due diligence and reading um, before yeah. making certain decisions. 100%. 100%. Okay, I think that's it for the questions. Um, Jeff and Mead, you have been sensational with the information mm-hmm. you provided and the questions. Thank you very much for your time. I hope, listeners, you've enjoyed this. Um, I'm going to try my very best to timestamp this mm-hmm. so you can spin <laughs> the block, come back, uh, maybe take notes or re listen to certain parts you didn't understand or what have you may. So look out for that in the description. Of course, Jeff spoke great things about Kudo, so I'm going to try to put all the links in the description and also the links to Coinbase, Bitstamp, all these other relevant bits and pieces that you may need. So I will put that in there. What else? We saw Reddit, YouTube streams, um, information, all sorts. Um, yes. Oh, before we go, boys, is, are you lot contactable via social media so people can ask you any questions or whatnot? So... So what I'm going to do now, because everybody's asking about blockchain bandits, um, obviously I have the WhatsApp group, but I think I'll create a Telegram group because that's just where the, if you want really want to get into crypto, that's where you'll need to be. There's so many like crypto communities on there. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'll just uh, create a, a Telegram group and I'll, 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 I guess I'll, I'll give the link to, to you guys and yeah, you can, you can join. Ask yeah, me any I, questions. And, and with, with myself, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm accessible. You can hit me up on Instagram or, or Twitter. But I think what I'm going to do now is because I, I found myself, because before, generally, I keep my investments very quiet or what I'm doing very, very quiet. Um, but over the last couple, I've been speaking to my friend's family just in regards to, I guess, sharing a bit of knowledge. So I guess I've become a little bit more open. Um, so you might have just have a big switch and shift in, I guess, my just tweeting so now i'm a bit more open about what i'm investing in um so people have been messaging me dming me um saying oh yeah thanks uh, thanks for this or or, or what 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 can i do in here so I'm, I'm open i'm accessible um but i think i might actually create a separate page just purely based around that mm-hmm. uh, so I, I guess you guys can look out for that i'll let this you know when that is active all right, yeah. wonderful boys, people. Thank you for listening. You can obviously catch me on Twitter underscore Nomics. Um, my Instagram for the pod is Dysonomics Pod at Dysonomics Pod. Make sure you jump on the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Dysonomics, or you just search on your app. Obviously, use the hashtag. Um, if you want any, if you want people to pay attention to your tweets in terms of like maybe Jeff or Meads or whatever, and I'll retweet them. And any questions, just hit up the boys in the platforms they described or just tweet me or email me at hello at thisnomics.com. But yeah, until next week, peace and blessings. Sports Social Podcast Network.